You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there. And he also said, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Obi-Wan Kenobi says a lot of things. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome to Favorite Points of View. This show is a part of the Force Center podcast feed. And here on Force Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars. So here to celebrate Star Wars with me is Ken Napsok. So happy to celebrate Star Wars. It's a novel concept. Uh, celebrate <laughs> the things you love. And uh, find the things you love. And the memories and the nostalgia. It's all there. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I like to love things. I love to like things. It's great. It's great. And then also, of course, be critical. 
Don't worry. We are yeah. critical when there are things that we are concerned about. But that's not really what this uh, particular show is about. We've been doing this one a little bit on and off. I, I started doing them solo and then just realized it was more fun uh, to do them uh, together. Uh, uh, I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to be alone with friends, alone with Ken. Mm, that went a different place than I meant. Anyway, uh, the point is, so the idea of this is I, I do think that we all do have different opinions about Star Wars and that can actually be a good thing. So often on social media, we say things kind of stridently and we end up uh, butting heads. Uh, and I think if we kind of just take a, a deep breath and take a step back and say, hey, here's why I really like the thing that I like. Instead of that being a reason to scuffle back and forth, that can be a reason to celebrate. Oh, wow. I never thought of, uh, of Zam Wessel that way. Wow. And now I understand why you like that character. That gives me a way into liking that character. And that is the hope with this show is to, to put the call out to uh, some of our listeners, some of our uh, patrons on Patreon, and ask them their favorite point of view of something and share to it and relate to it and learn from it. So uh, does that sound good to you, Ken? <laughs> Always sounds good, absolutely. In this modern era of Star Wars fandom, yeah, it's important to just sit, sit around the campfire and talk about uh, what you love and share your memories and attach personal uh, stories and connections to it. it. It just makes this franchise, this saga, this story that much more uh, uh, bigger, bolder, important, and also silly. So, yeah. <laughs> Big, bold, and silly. That sounds like a movie I would like to see. Uh, so we've done, uh, as I said, a couple different uh, episodes of this show. We're on the seventh episode. We've talked uh, lightsabers. We've talked bounty hunters. We've talked characters that you find the most relatable. As we're getting into the holiday season, where in many traditions it is a time of giving and receiving gifts, maybe uh, giving a gift to yourself and receiving it. Uh, and I think a lot of people's love of Star Wars is attached to collectibles. So we're going to have a couple uh, episodes about people's favorite collectibles. We got a bunch of great responses when I put this prompt out on our Patreon. So we're going to have this episode. And then we got enough uh, responses. We're going to have another whole episode about favorite collectibles. Uh, but for now, let's just dive in. So our first uh, uh, prompt, our first discussion of what a favorite collectible is, comes from a patron on our Patreon who uses the handle Ties That Bind. <laughs> so yeah. here's what Ties has to say. My favorite is my Boba Fett hat that just has his little insignia on it. Not the mythosaur, the one with the line and the crescents on his chest. I have always loved Boba Fett and get all of the action figures of him that I can. But I got this hat two years ago when my family and I went to Disney World to celebrate my mom's 60th and my 30th birthday after a long time away from my family. All the previous year, I was doing dissertation research in Mongolia and wanted to find a good baseball cap to get there, but was having a hard time finding one I loved. Then the first day at Disney, I go into a Star Wars store and I find this wonderful Boba Fett baseball cap. I wore it all the time at Disney when my family had a wonderful time. And when we took a picture with Chewbacca, Chewie angrily took the hat off my head, held it up too high for me to reach and growled at me. It was a great time with my family. And every time I wear it, I think of how much fun we had there, as well as all my love for Boba Fett and all things Star Wars. I can't wait to go wear it to Galaxy's Edge someday, hopefully with my family as well. That is a great Boba Fett hat family thought ties that bind again uh, what resonates here with you i know you are a star wars and cap person too yeah yeah no you're right and i love uh i love finding a cap for a, an era of my life it just it, it, it it's weird how if, if you're a cap 
person, uh, you know, I, I have too many hanging in my office here, but like you go through, uh, you know, you go through phases right now. I'm wearing a hat of a minor league baseball team called the El Paso Chihuahuas. And of course, <laughs> and it's got a great Chihuahua logo on it, a growling Chihuahua. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think I'm known in a weird way for that Imperial insignia hat. And I've, I've, I'm due for a new one, actually. I, I, I change them out every year or so. Uh, but the, I, when I discovered that, you gotta, you gotta understand what that meant to me. And this is why I'm really connecting with ties that bind about finding that hat, but find a hat that represents your Star Wars fandom. That was not an option for so many years. And I'm a baseball fan. I'm a sports guy. And I love the hats. And I have uh, Yankee hats. And I have all, all my team hats, Miami Dolphin hats, whatever. I was one day was like, I, I got to represent this nerd part of me. Uh, and, and this is 2014, 20. This is before the explosion of, of shows and podcasts. And when I found it, it was emotional. It was like, oh, New Era sells Star Wars. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> and I wore it everywhere. And, and I have, uh, you know, logos, of fan art that people have made, Screen Junkies fans. Uh, one, one particular fan stitched a little plush figure of me in that hat. And so it just kind of became known, which is like you and I have talked about, like it's now weird to be associated with the insignia of the opp oppressive empire. But <laughs> it is. So I feel you, Ty Zabon. When you find a hat and it represents... Star Wars. It's something we didn't always have a chance to do uh, and to take it out. And then, and, and, and to tie it with family memories. And oh, by the way, Chewbacca probably might get in trouble by HR yeah, but for stealing uh, hats. But um, and yeah, when you get to Galaxy's Edge, because you will, ties up mine, that hat might trigger a conversation with a cast member. Oh, yeah. Who is concerned or excited that a someone from the guild might be here or someone who knows Boba Fett might be there. That That's going to be fun. So this one uh, resonated with me because I am a cat man and I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm so great to hear your cat perspective and the, uh, the full origin story of your infamous Imperial cap. Uh, you know, I, a couple of things in here that I really like, and, and it kind of goes to your Imperial one as well. I really gravitate toward things that are just in insignia, just that little symbol because it's total tip of the iceberg, right? It's this insignia, but it means so much, right? You can start small, but it goes big from there. And that's idea that ties up mine would be like, I know I want a Boba Fett. I know I want some merch that's going to be special to me. I'm, I'm searching for it. And then to find it and have it tied to this special memory is always really cool when, when the merch is, is cool by itself, that's great. But when it's tied to an actual memory and a thing that helps you keep moving forward, that's the best. Um, when I read this, I, like, I'm not a huge cap guy. Haven't been a cap guy for years. Uh, but growing up, this uh, goes to my obsession with Guns N' Roses. You know, hey, yeah. a, a baseball, a, a backwards baseball cap. That was real cool. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, it, but then I was like, I wasn't a sports guy and I could never find anything that fit. Uh, then after Phantom Menace came out, I don't even remember where I found it, but you know, Phantom Menace was just an mm -hmm. avalanche of merch. And I found a black kind of felt baseball cap that could kind of get rolled up and beat up and it could, you know, just go with you anywhere. And it was, uh, black and it said Sith Lord. And then it had Maul's lightsaber. And then, uh, on the back over the opening, it had stitch in there. Jedi do not concern me. <laughs> <laughs> And like, that was just like, that was back then. That was my favorite part of uh, Phantom Menace was Maul and the big lightsaber fight with Obi-Wan. And, you know, it's going to sound so, uh, so much like I'm shaking my cane here, but you got to remember that was new that we knew that's what Sith meant. Like mm -hmm. back in the baseball card or the uh, trading card days in the original trilogy, you knew that Darth Vader was the dark Lord of the Sith, but you didn't know what that meant, you know? 
so I just, I had such an attachment to that and I had so much fun wearing it in a time in my life where I just decided I don't care. I don't care if anybody thinks it's dumb that I'm wearing a backwards baseball cap that says Sith Lord. It's just what I want to do right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 the I don't care is is it a it's an important uh, first step on just accepting who you really are. <laughs> exactly, and I guess I just needed to let the world know at all times that Jedi do not concern me, even concern. though even though I'm a big fan of the Jedi. I just liked how just passive aggressive it was like, Oh, you're a Jedi. That doesn't concern me. I'm a Sith Lord. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, words on hats are an interesting thing. Cause the first, the very first Imperial insignia hat I had was, uh, I think it was the big uh, official new era one. And it has on the back, it says death star engineering. And <laughs> I didn't know that when I ordered it and I would prefer it not to be there. Cause I like the subtle, the subtle thing of, hey, is that a, you know, if someone's at the coffee shop, they're going to go, hey, I love your hat, or they're going to go, what's that? And I love that balance. But Death Star Engineering is pretty, pretty clear. Um, and so people behind me in lines, uh, back when we would be closer in lines, um, <laughs> you know, it would elicit a response. And sometimes I was glad it was there. And other times, you know, yeah, just want to hide. Just want to hide. So that would be Jedi do not concern me would be quite a statement. That would be a different statement, but it is a pretty big statement to say I helped construct this technological terror that destroyed Alderaan. Anyway, <laughs> I would like a mocha. Yeah. Big statement. All right. Do you want to uh, tackle our next uh, prompt? I do. Um, Mac is the one who wrote it. I love I love Mac as a name. You know, as a kid, was, hey, Mac, what's up? So Mac, <laughs> M-A-C, welcome. Two, from a certain point of view, and Max sends this in. All I had for toys were hand-me-downs from my babysitter, and the only Star Wars ones I had were an action figure of Tarkin, interesting, and one of Lobod, you speak in Joseph's language. Needless to say, in my headcanon, they became Jedi, bounty hunters, ace pilots, you name it. They also naturally, uh, also occasionally jump ship to the G.I. Joe and Transformers multiverse. Oh, crossovers. I have, to, I have opinions on that. The toys are sadly long gone to who knows where, but those two characters will always hold a special place in my heart because for a period of my very young childhood, they were literally the only way I could, quote, play Star Wars at home. It's especially true for Tarkin. When my friends and I would have our fake lightsaber fights instead of Luke or Vader always insisted on being Tarkin, despite there being, <laughs> being literally no evidence of him being able to use one. But headcanon is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is, Mac. P.S. If you're looking for databank brawl ideas, Tarkin and Lobot would be a good one. And long as they're both Jedi's, Mac. This is uh, this is great. This speaks to uh, this speaks to my '80s child self on many levels, Joseph. Uh, what do you think about elevating Tarkin and Lobot to the status of Jedi? Because, well, it's no other choice. You had to. You had to. It's so great. I think this is, we talk about it a lot. You know, times change. It wasn't better or worse. It just is what it is of when you didn't have access to the movies. There weren't a bunch of great Star Wars uh, animated series you could watch. You had to have the imagination with the action figures. And this is such a great way to just a uh, great example of telling the story that you have to tell <laughs> mm -hmm. because this is, this is what you have. Um, I remember, um, I think I, I've told many action figure stories, but for a while, the only Luke we had was X-Wing pilot Luke. And my brother insisted that we could only tell stories with Luke where he was had crash landed alone on a remote planet and that's why he couldn't change his clothes <laughs> a very weird one very weird one i also just the love the picture of 
Tarkin with a uh, a lightsaber because there's so much in uh, Mandalorian that I feel is you know Favreau playing with his toys, and it, that's kind of believable that that Tarkin would get the dark saber, and and I think Moff Gideon yeah. is his own character with his own story, but there is a little bit of Tarkin with a lightsaber going on with Moff Gideon to me. I yeah, I mean beyond just the Moff connection, it is it is a person in power who. Yeah, I mean, Moff Gideon's definitely starting to dress more and more like he wants to be a Sith or wants to be in the dark side, and maybe he is. I don't know, but I know what you mean. There's something just about this almost administra- administrative power going outside to play with everyone on the playground with his dark saber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a big Tarkin guy. How do you feel about Tarkin and Lobot having a lightsaber fight? I love it. I love it because, you know, as much as I occasionally poke a little fun at Legends where I think everyone at one point became a Jedi... Uh, Porkins, Boshek, uh, R2-D2, what, they all became Jedi at some point. Um, I also get it because I've told the story of the Lando thing, of, of me uh, telling friends that Lando was Luke's cousin and he had some limited force powers. Uh, it's just, I, I, I think I was calling midi-chlorians before, uh, you know, before they existed. Uh, <laughs> it's in his blood. Um, so there's that. But yeah, just uh, the what you got. And I, I, we, I had some weird adventures. I, I I didn't even when I did have all the Star Wars figures I didn't have them all I wasn't that kid I wasn't I was the lower middle class kid who had some GI Joes had some Transformers and had some some Star Wars toys and so it was three Ewoks and Veers <laughs> were my stories for a while <laughs> or Hoth Luke it was always Hoth Luke and I I lived in a in a house that at the time I had a backyard with like a pine tree. So naturally, I would just assume that it was Endor and I have Ewok figures. What was Luke doing on Endor and, and Hoth gear? I guess I had a, I should have followed your uh, line of thinking. If he couldn't change his clothes, so <laughs> it's just part of our Star Wars upbringing. And then we form weird attachments. So that's again, I've you know said it many many times, but that's why I love the Y wing because that was the only figure, that was the only ship I had. If I got uh, a Tie Fighter or a Slave One or something else, I, I would be all about that. But I grew up loving the Y wing because I had it. So. Mac, I feel you. I feel you. I don't feel you on the crossover multiverse with the figures, but that's that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, you had a strong '80s reaction to this, and and looking at it, uh, I I did too. But this is also great because uh, clearly this is uh, not this is late '90s. Uh, if if Max playing with the Tarkin uh, as a kid, because we didn't have a Tarkin back yeah. in the day, uh, unless he just yeah yeah. Uh, but you you did not cross over. That was a no no. Big no, no, sir. Big no, no. Uh, and I think I've even mentioned it. I, I think I'm in the foggiest parts of my brain. I thought I, I thought I mentioned some four center once upset when transformers like issue three, four or five, it's in the early run. And, and, and someone did, that's why I know we talked about it before. Cause someone corrected me online about what issue it was. And I got bless him. I can't remember. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man showed up. And I was so upset. Not that I didn't like Spider-Man. I know I'm not a huge superhero guy, but I had no problems with Spidey. I like Spidey. Why was Spidey and Megatron on a cover of a comic? I couldn't <laughs> take it. And even now, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Um, they constantly try to reboot the G.I. Joe comic line, and there's some that are really great. There's one going on right now that's very kind of realistic. Cobra's taking over the world. G.I. Joe's being formed as you see it, and it's a resistance move, and it's really interesting, interesting stuff. The one before that was horrible because it was this multiverse and it was G.I. Joe's and Transformers and or Argonauts or some, I don't even, and I love Mask. Uh, they were trying to get mad and I it just despise it. And it goes back to <laughs> even with my limited toys, Joseph, I would play with seasons. 
it was like, we've got a couple months here of Star Wars. Um, we got G.I. Joe, mostly around Christmas time. I will it for me, a kid with a Christmas tree. Uh, I incorporated that into my Joes. Transformers, maybe springtime. And then He-Man's in and out, you know? And it was like, <laughs> I had like, I didn't quite have a chart. But it was like, okay, we, we have completed season nine of Ken Blaze Star Wars. We're going to go to season nine of G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, He-Man was mostly just there for me in the uh, in the dark times uh, uh, between Empire and Jedi. And then yeah. and then when this when Star Wars toys disappeared after Jedi again, then then He-Man came roaring back into my life. But yes, no, just by scale, they couldn't play together. Come on. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. Although now I kind of wish I could get my uh, old He-Man and Palpatine. And uh, there's some fun adventure to have there. Anyway, we're going to move on to our next uh, favorite from Garrett McDowell. Here's what Garrett has to say. This is not only my favorite Star Wars figure, but my favorite thing that I own, period. In August of 2016, I was traveling to Chicago Wizard World. Once there, I intended to meet the one and only Carrie Fisher. I had specifically uh, purchased a Kodo Bukia figure of Luke and Leia on the Death Star for Carrie to sign. Meeting Carrie was truly an unforgettable experience. She was spunky, energetic, and everything I hoped she would be. She signed my figure, and it instantly became one of my most prized possessions. The legacy that Carrie Fisher left is immeasurable. Leia Organa is one of the most significant women in all of fiction, and I'm honored to have been able to meet the equally as powerful actress who portrayed her. The figure is now sitting proudly in a display case, and I hope one day to remove it so Mark Hamill can complete the set. That is a great memory uh, and can probably some overlap with some of your memories, right? Yeah, actually, I met Garrett at this was a world Chicago at a screen junkies panel. Uh, Garrett, uh, I can't remember one of them. He actually competed on stage. So, uh, Garrett, uh, I, I remember this uh, weekend. Well, yeah, I got to uh, uh, host uh, co-host the, the panel with Carrie and and she was late to the panel because she stayed to make sure all of the, the those who paid for autographs got time with her. Um, so that is uh, definitely the flip side of it. I, when Garrett was down there, uh, excited getting this signed, I was up there nervously going, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> uh, and yeah. she was great. And just, unfortunately, you know, a few, few months before she passed away, but she was, she was on it. She was with it. She was funny. She was engaging. And, and, uh, uh, just to see her with the fans and to read in, in the princess diaries where, you know, she, she has some fun with the fans. She talks about, uh, you know, some of the weirdness of it, but it comes, uh, really comes to an ends with a, a very positive space with the interactions with those. And, and to see that at the end of her life as you know, Joseph, like there a little bit of a, it could be a weird relationship with the character of Leia who was not her, just someone she looked like as, as she would say way better than I would. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love what Garrett's saying here. It's just to have that little piece of a, of a legend in your house. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. And I, I think that's a theme that's kind of, coming out here of people making really specific purchases, uh, their favorite collectibles being tied to, I really wanted this collectible to be a symbol of this moment, this event. And this is such a great one to say like, okay, I know I'm going to meet Carrie Fisher. I, you know, signed up for it. So what do I want to bring to the table? That's kind of a, a big decision as a Star Wars fan. And yeah, you're so right about the Princess Diarist. And it sounds like this was Garrett's ex uh, experience as well. So many things uh, to applaud Carrie Fisher for. But one of the things that I really like, particularly in The Princess Diarist, and I think in this, uh, for her renaissance of, of being the ambassador of Princess Leia to the world, is that I think Carrie Fisher had such a great respect for the idea of different points of views, that there isn't a truth. It seemed like she really got to that, like, 
look, I understand maybe all of the hundreds of people lined up for me don't totally understand, but this is weird for me. <laughs> I'm a human being and I don't have the rights to my own head and I am a shampoo bottle. And that's great that your first, you know, romantic awakenings were watching me on screen. But that's a weird thing for me to hear, especially hundreds of times in a row. That's weird, right? That's my point of view because I'm me. But then she seemed to also totally get that. But I know what this character means to other people. And I know their perspective when they're walking up and that they see me as this person who is upholding the legend of this character that that inspired them and has meant so much to them. And it's just such a great celebration of of that ability to have different points of view and say, you know, so many times they're based on experience. And none of us, except for Carrie Fisher, were Princess Leia. So she has that unique point of view, but still was able to to own it and then to step out of it and say, but I know what all the people in the line, I know what their point of view is too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She was amazing. We miss her. And what a life. Good good and bad. I always say I, I never ignore the bad she went through, choices she made, because she didn't either. And that's what made her so powerful. Uh, is uh, is who she was, is who she was. And that's why she was an inspiration. Yeah, Love. exactly. Exactly. All right, Ken, do you want to share our next point of view? Yeah, Michael McCarstall has written in and says, uh, I'd have to say that my favorite, or at least most sentimental, Star Wars collectible is my Anakin Skywalker Force FX lightsaber. I got it around the time Revenge of the Sith came out. I was 12 and it was my first big collectible that I ever bought for myself. I mowed lawns to save up for it. I was so excited. When I first time ignited it, my mind was absolutely blown away by the brightness of the blade and the fantastic sound effects. I've, uh, I had plenty of lightsaber toys, but never anything like that. Shortly after I got it, one of my classmates mentioned that he had gotten the Vader Force FX. We decided to meet weekly to practice our lightsaber moves and eventually choreographed our own duel because, yes, you did. Fist pumping deep. <laughs> a few years later, I was able to add the Obi-Wan Force FX with removable blade to my collection. I still have both to this day. And even though they don't quite glow as bright or sound quite as good as they once did, those fond memories always come rushing back anytime I ignite them. Thank you, guys. And may the Force be with you. Michael, that's a great one. We have we just did the big deep dive on the lightsaber collection book, Joseph, and this one kind of has some um, spiritual connections to that conversation, the lightsabers, toys, but more importantly, just that collectible that you earned yourself. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a big deal too. Of like I saved up for it cause it was so special and I love this. That's such a great uh, story of how Star Wars can connect us. If you just happen to mention like, Oh, your buddy. Oh, he's got a Vader force effect. So of course we need to uh, fight for the very soul of Anakin slash Vader after school together. <laughs> hey, you want to meet and decide the fate of the galaxy? Yeah. Yeah. God, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. The the thing in my life that this reminds me of is kind of a different time in my life, but that same uh, thrill of excitement about lightsabers. I think I've told uh, this story uh, before of when I was young and they first put out lightsaber toys in the original trilogy era. Uh, I think we saw some at Toys R Us and I thought the price tag was one ninety nine, but it was seven ninety nine. And I told my dad, like, there, it's just come on, four bucks, and then my brother and I can, you know, actually have lightsabers instead of just turning off the light and waving our flashlights around in our room. They can actually hit one another. And you know, my dad stopped at the store and like, you know, he's like, sorry, they're not 
the two nine they're not one ninety nine they're seven ninety nine so I really I wanted a lightsaber so bad and I didn't actually get one until Phantom Menace and they were everywhere and mm. the the year after Phantom Menace uh, around the same time I was wearing my Sith Lord hat uh, I put on a show. Uh, a sketch comedy show and one of the sketches I put together with my friend is like a parody of the odd couple and then uh, when the, the odd couple got upset with each other they had a big lightsaber fight <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah he had the mall lightsaber I had uh, Obi-Wan lightsaber and we choreographed the hell out of it and it was one of those like this is kind of for the show but it's actually more what Michael was describing like my friend and I were just using the show as an excuse to choreograph our own lightsaber fight and practice it every day as you should yeah yeah what what's your relationship with lightsaber toys do you remember your first one uh yeah i think it's the one that i pulled up uh during that lightsaber collection conversation yeah. 95 luke one prior to that i did not have any um lightsaber toys uh i'm trying to trying to remember i had a lot of uh you know a lot of rifles a lot of pirate guns from disneyland pirates of the caribbean <laughs> shop that's no longer there that no longer just sells uh realistic looking uh, muskets um said a lot of those uh but yeah this that was my first lightsaber and then i got right next to it right now the kylo ren from 2015 that came out and then um grace and i each have some some pretty uh, detailed ones that aren't quite uh, they're not the, the galaxy's edge one but they're they're just as awesome that our uh, one of our listeners uh, gifted us. Uh, so I don't have a ton of them, um, but it doesn't mean I haven't turned many, many flashlights into lightsabers over the years <laughs> or any of those kind of things. But they do they that one means something to me. And it just and just like uh, Michael saying here, the memories when when you ignite it and it's in your hand. Um, for me, it's the the mid '90s, and I was a little bit older and 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 was looked down to, down upon for getting one. You know? <laughs> Uh, I was told uh, no one's going to love you if you have that. Well, jokes on them. I hope I have someone who loves me. And she actually likes the lightsaber. So there you go. That's right. You held on to hope in the dark times and a lightsaber yeah. illuminated your path to love. <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, not that she wouldn't love you if you didn't have a lightsaber. I'm sure she would sure. still love you. But I think the lightsaber is a big bonus. Mm -hmm. That's a great one there. Um yeah, yeah, I got to get to Galaxy's Edge again when we can, when it's safe, and and I think I'll have to do the big build. Yeah, I mean the lightsaber itself is really cool, but the experience of building it it, it goes to the heart of these kinds of experiences of of making it something really, really special. It's you know, it's the event, uh, it's the thing as much as the event that the thing comes from that I think gives it power. <laughs> yes. So great points of view, everybody. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with just a few more. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 
We are back to share more favorite points of view. We are talking about favorite collectibles, and we are getting some great points of view from listeners and patrons on Patreon. Our next one is a big one. It comes from Andrew McNabb. So Andrew is going to paint a vivid word picture. So enjoy. Here we go. Sometimes certain words, when put together, just click and make sense. There is no better example of this than Max, Rebo, and Plush. Some time ago, <laughs> I got into this habit of going onto eBay, typing in Star Wars, sorting items to see the ones that were ending soonest, and seeing if I could sneak in a cheeky last-minute bid to win something. It got a little out of hand for a while, and at one point, I had to restrain myself from bidding on a box of Phantom Menace-themed Band-Aids. <laughs> that was a long conversation in the mirror that evening. The restraining bolt was lifted one night, though, when, with two minutes left on the auction clock, I discovered to my astonishment that, firstly, there was such a thing as a Max Rebo plush, and second of all, no one had bid on it. I placed my bid, starting bid price only, of course, and waited nervously for 120 seconds. I couldn't have told you what else was happening in the world as that timer ticked over to zero, but as it did, and I was informed that I'd won, at that point, I pitied everyone else in the world it's at this point i'd like to add a fourth word to max rebo and plush that word is musical if you press a button on his ball jet keyboard you are treated to around 10 seconds of lopty neck i can't walk past the thing without pressing it so if i need to get something that's sitting just beyond the plush i need to press it twice once on the way past and once on the way back and the button seems to shift a little inside. It's never in the same place twice. So sometimes when I try to press it, I don't hear anything. And I panic that the battery has died or that George has come in and special editionized it. <laughs> Up until the last few years of my Star Wars collecting life, I was mostly attracted to the main heroes and villains. But more recently, I've become more and more intrigued by those characters that maybe aren't front and center, but are just going about their everyday business. They represent the lifeblood of the galaxy I love and make it more relatable and real to me. They are, to me, as essential a symbol of Star Warsness as a lightsaber, stormtrooper, or dogfight. It's because of characters like this that I know what things like bulget keyboards are. The stories of these characters go on in the background, off-screen, in books, in our imaginations. Not everyone can or wants to be front and center, but that doesn't mean they don't have an important job to do. Who and what are our main heroes fighting for, if not for the Max Rebos of the world? So that's why my what my plush represents to me. An evolution and widening of my Star Wars collecting and a new appreciation for the minimum wages of the galaxy. Max now sits proudly on my Star Wars music shelf alongside soundtracks and modal nodes Funkos, surrounded by micro-machines and other Home Alone-style traps designed to direct the wonderful George Lucas away from Lofty Neck and instead towards the food court-style noodles in my kitchen, where we can sit and chat about all those other kooky, plush-worthy characters from his galaxy far, far away. Great memory, great point of view, Andrew. Ken, where does your mind go? Well, I'll tell you where it went first while you were reading that in a most excellent manner, Joseph. Uh, it went to YouTube where I could type in uh, Max Rebo Plush and see <laughs> if I could find that. And then also see, uh, oh, so you can hear it here. You press it. Here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, it's a it's a it's there all right i'm gonna have to order one of those i really <laughs> i love this uh, i could have picked one up at star wars celebration anaheim that's where this video is from that's where my mind went first because <laughs> we are all the same aren't we you hear that you hear something very specific wait a max rebo plush and it sings 
this is not on my shelf. I, <laughs> why? I don't know. It's like those band-aids. You're going to look at them. Why? I, I don't know. I, I am sometimes accused of being a hoarder. I'm just a collector. I, I'm just a collector. <laughs> And I need all these things. And why? Because I love them. And because Star Wars does honor and and, and put a, a spotlight, though the spotlight is just uh, the light that's on Han, Luke, and Leia, and the leftover, over-the-shoulder light is shining on Rebo, you know? Um, and it is, uh, you know, the minimum wages of the galaxy. It's great. But yes, what are they fighting for? They're fighting for Max Rebo's right to just jam on a ball jet right <laughs> that's all a life uh, liberty and the pursuit of ball jetting and yeah. I, uh, I i really like andrew's uh, thought there that's that's powerful and i think that's maybe on some subconscious level why you know on my toy uh, cork board right now sits leia princess of alderaan and ninum her friend <laughs> you know ninum excuse me um yeah, so I love that one. That's a great story. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot in here. There's a great human story of uh, of finding a specific way to celebrate uh, your own Star Wars love, your own interest in and buying stuff. This eBay story is great. I have definitely uh, slipped into those kind of habits where I have got, you know, a couple action figures that I ordered that are still in boxes because I'm waiting for the right moment, the right thing to celebrate that day, the right thematic moment to open up action figures like bought myself. Uh, so I really love those kind of stories of, you know, not only the thing, but kind of the, how we go about uh, buying the things for ourselves. I love this big picture idea that um, Leo Organa is fighting for Max Rebo's right to party. <laughs> yeah. A great combination of uh, Star Wars and Beastie Boys, but I, I I really take the the big picture point that uh, that Andrew's making of there has been a lot of storytelling in more recent times about the background characters. They've mm-hmm. there's always in Star Wars been like yeah the Jawas are just getting by. Who else is in that cantina? Maybe some of them are bounty hunters. Maybe some of them are just a, a moisture farmer who's having a bad day. Who knows. Uh, so that's always been there. And I think there's always been that little bit of an entry place, you know, going back to uh, Kenner making mm-hmm. some of the weird side characters. Uh, and, and that's been a thing in Star Wars that we've already celebrated. But the storytelling in the books, uh, the storytelling, I think now with Mandalorian, with characters like Quill of like, look how incredibly important and noble uh, this character is. He bought his freedom. Uh, with the skill of his hands. And I think that's a really fun thing uh, to celebrate. I, I I like it in the storytelling and I like it in the toys because I've always liked the weirdos. I've always liked the side characters. And I really like that idea that that uh, when I buy a, you know, uh, a vet weirdo, a Lulito Primoc figure, when they finally put it out, I'll also be celebrating uh, the uh, the fight for everybody's perspective in Star Wars, <laughs> including the singers and the minimum wagers. He, they yeah they need the the pre-mug one with the with the nice uh, audio yeah button. with the rodeo ventifoli yeah and I want to be able to yeah press a button and hear those deep dulcet tones of Lilo Primark. Uh, I've been watching solo uh, in, in chunks over the last couple of days while I'm on the treadmill and uh, can't help but laugh every time I go to that scene just laughing that like. I've never seen Joseph be so right about Star Wars. <laughs> it was a deep hope and a deep prediction. And man, and it's so great now that that solo soundtrack is out and you have the actual, uh, you know, recording from the film. There's a lot of great stuff in that new uh, solo soundtrack. Uh, Ken, mm-hmm. uh, do you, you, you had some Max Rebo growing up, right? I didn't have any 
any Max Rebo uh, figures, toys. I think it is some stickers and some Return of the Jedi stickers that I got at the student store at Margaret Harlow Elementary School in Royal Grande, California, probably three for a quarter. Uh, and I had those. I think all oh my, I think I still have those. Oh yeah, I do. Cause I just recently this past year had to get some boxes out of a, a friend's house. Uh, and I'd forgotten like 10 years ago, put them in there and found a treasure trove of star Wars things. Oh, that's so, great. My, my Jar Jar Binks rolling stone cover. Like a lot of those things where I was like, I guess I just, I guess I just over the years lost that stuff. It's, it's unlike me, uh, said the, the man accused of hoarding many times. Um, <laughs> And I found the stickers from my student store days at like third or fourth grade, whatever that was, 83, 84 range. Or they're just, uh, you know, so there's a Cy Snoodles, a Droopy McCool, and a Max Rebo. And I have those stickers. That's the only Rebo thing I have. That's- Other than minifigures that I have yet to put together. Sorry. <laughs> literally, I'm literally taking stock. And I love Rebo. I don't have any Rebo. Yeah, man. Well, it's hard to keep up with everyone you love in Star Wars. I, I just remember being so excited, uh, you know, back in the 80s when they did put out the uh, Max Rebo and the Size Noodles band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took the time to say that it, in just exclude Droopy McCool, though. <laughs> At that point, when there's, there's no one else in the band. You couldn't have just, you, the, the whole band name is constructed to leave Droopy McCool out of it. Uh, but man, I love those figures. They At the time, they were so high tech, so high end, mm-hmm. you know, such quick evolution and action figure design. And also just, you know, back then, like to be able to go like, wait, you can put him in his, his uh, jet ball keyboard, but you can take him out and you can see what the lower half of Max mm-hmm. Rebo actually looks like. Amazing. It's like looking up the gown of a royal guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a red jumpsuit. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, that tracks. That Good, sensible choice, Imperial Royal Guard. All right. Uh, great, great point of view, Andrew. Uh, thank you for sharing that. We're going to move on to our next one. You want to read this one again? I do, though I have some Droopy McCool thoughts. We'll have to get into one one other episode. <laughs> oh, we can we can pause for Droopy McCool thoughts if you want. Do you think Droopy Droopy McCool might be the only person happy with that special edition add on? Because <laughs> now he's not alone in the band as the only unnamed member. <laughs> I I would like to think that it's either that or Droopy McCool is that kind of person that you meet in life that like McCool is not ironic. It's true. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, when you meet people who are just really confident in themselves and they don't yeah. need that thing that so many of uh, so many of us need sometimes that validation. They don't feel that umbrage of like, well, but my name should be first this time. Like, I, is he one of those guys who's just like, I don't care. I play my music. I wear my shorts and I'm cool about all of it. I don't care. Do you think that's how he got his name uh, in, in new canon? He was he was trying to get passage and an imperial officer was like. Droopy, what's your family's name? I don't know, man. I'm just cool. McCool. <laughs> Droopy McCool. Yes. I think Drawd Munbrin gave him that name. And I also need a Drawd Munbrin action figure, damn it. Oh, God, I love that. All <laughs> right. Droopy thoughts. We'll have more. Uh, this one comes from Trey T. Trey T. What's up, Trey? He says, I received the Kenner Job of the Hunt action playset from my parents for Christmas in 1984. Oh, what a year. The set is a work of art, but my favorite piece from it is the tiny seated, despicable, salacious bee crumb. Salacious is perfectly sculpted to sit on the edge of any flat surface, and he has sat somewhere close to me ever since. Wow. Even now, Salacious is sitting on top of my computer looking down at me. 
Judging you probably, Trey. Job is still somewhere in storage, but I will always keep Mr. Crumb by my side. Well, there you go. We are still in Jabba's palace. We still have those little side characters that just work their way into our hearts. I don't know why Salacious does. He's pretty despicable indeed. Does some bad things. Mocking, laughing, Ill, Ill, ill-tempered uh, or ill-placed humor. Um, he's not ill-tempered. Uh, he's he's cool too. Uh, and then chewing on 3PO's head. But I love him too. I don't know. And I love all Salacious B figures. I have the Black Series one from uh, Celebration a couple years ago. And it's the same type of thing. It could sit on anything. Sit on <laughs> anything. I got to pull it out of storage and I got to put it on, on my laptop here or something. It's amazing. Salacious, you're always watching. Yeah, I, I had this set in this little guy too. And as I recall, uh, recall, I think it's his quacking monkey lizard tail that gives him great balance. Hmm. Um, I also used to insert his little feet or into uh, Jabba's actual, you know, trap there so that he could uh, be very well balanced there. Did you have this set, uh, Ken, the Jabba action playset? No, I was jealous of the kids that had this in the USS flag. This was a big get. This is a big get. Uh, I did, I did, I did have a friend uh, uh, who would. Uh, you know, when we go over, I got to play with his and uh, he, you know, I love that you could, it was always weird that you had to move Jabba off and then you <laughs> could move the trap doors and go to the, the, the prison down below. Tiny, tiny Rancor cave, really. Uh, but uh, I did not own it myself, but I, I do, I do love Jabba. And it's, I don't even know if I, I guess I'm a, I guess I'm a Jabba fan. I have to be because I do, I do collect a lot of little Jabbas. Yeah. Not always little, but yeah. Yeah, I think I've got some other Jabba things I, in in '97 when the special edition came out and the Power of the Force line was running, and they they made a you know Jabba Han set. I got that. I don't think I ever even took that job out of the package though, because like uh, my Jabba dreams were uh, fulfilled by this uh, action playset. Yeah. Uh, I spent so much time with that. I love Salacious Crumb. I think Salacious Crumb is kind of like um, I, I'm not saying he's a Force user, but in some way he's the dark side Yoda. Like uh, when Yoda came out and he was like little and weird and, you know, people judged him for his size. I think there was something really relatable, even though he's, he was old, that was relatable to kids of like, yeah, that's the way uh, people see me. They don't see that I'm valuable. And, you know, I don't think you even needed to sort of um, think that or intellectualize it. I think it's just kind of a natural way to relate to it. And then Salacious is like this dark version of it. It's like, uh, you know, nobody's paying attention to me. Nobody thinks I'm important, but I'm here laughing at you and chewing on things I shouldn't. <laughs> I'm a naughty kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you just pitched a Legends novel that never was, Rule of Three, where Salacious comes in <laughs> and third Sith Apprentice. I would love that one. Yeah, he was so great. That little figure, uh, that in yeah. the Java figure is great. Uh, you you could uh, stick his uh, snackquarium and hookah pipe, in, you know, in his mouth. Uh, the uh, so great. And then I, the other thing I remember is like, yeah, you had to move him in order to flip open his trap. And then there's so many details in there of weird little bones and things that were molded oh, into the plastic uh, fauna, and you know who what Oliver else had died down there. And then it also had the chain with the little thing, the little neck grab that you could put around action figures, you know, but back in the day, mm. they never made any of uh, Leia in her captivity action yeah. figures. Uh, so uh, I was constantly putting that around Luke's neck. <laughs> uh, yeah, new canon, new version of it. <laughs> <laughs> action the, figures, you make your own canon. You, you really do. And uh, Trey's entry here, kind of what you and I have been talking about here, but it, whether it's focusing on Salacious or Jabba, the weird... I guess with Max Rebo, it, uh, even the, the spaceships, it's this weird thing that happens, isn't it? Like 
like I said, I I have over the years bought a lot of Jabba's, but I don't go around calling myself a Jabba fan like Jennifer Landa does. Jennifer is a Jabba the Hutt fan, loves Jabba. She's done a lot of videos about Jabba, uh, just as much as Ewoks. She loves, she has an affinity for Jabba too. But I have it with uh, the Wampa. I have a lot of Wampas. Mm. I have uh, Han on the Tauntaun. I have a lot of versions of that from like little kid playset ones all the way up to the luxurious ones. And then our old pal, uh, uh, Maud Garrett. Back in the you know Jedi Alliance days, we'd go to a lot of conventions together. She loves Rancors and <laughs> needs to get Rancors. So, you know, we all uh, just uh, focus on little things. It's fun. It's part of it. Yeah. Didn't you get that giant Rancor Funko Pop? I did. You were with me. There's a great photo of me with my hair not quite grown out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, no. uh, got Luke at a growing guard. It's, uh, it's now, like most of my things, locked away in storage with the memories. <laughs> Yes, it is locked away in storage and in your heart, right? In a good yeah. way, living in yeah. there. Uh, we got our final point of view for this episode. Like I said, we got uh, so many of these. We'll do another episode, but we wanted to break them up and let them breathe a little bit. So, Ken, do you want to share our final point of view? Yes, I do. This is from Brian Ward. Brian Ward, of course, designed a lot of the Force Center logos. And most recently uh, known for designing the uh, random jeans guy in Mandalorian uh, figure, uh, vintage figure photo that went around the internet that uh, Brian uh, forgot to put his name on. And I noticed this week he did some more pieces, names on it. Brian, <laughs> that's the way to do it. So <laughs> we want you to get credit for what you do. Brian writes this. Uh, it is hard to choose just one. As a, quote, old Star Wars fan, obviously all the Kenner figures, ships, and play sets from my childhood are all important, but I think my favorite collectible is a gift I got from my parents in the 90s. I've gotten at least one Star Wars item for Christmas every year of my life, which is more years than I want to admit. But one year I got a vinyl Darth Vader statue. His arm is up in the air with his fist clenched, and one of his feet is resting on a rebel helmet from the Tenevi 4 battle. <laughs> I believe this was made by applause in the mid-90s, that whole line of Star Wars statues with this Vader I got has been on my uh, on a shelf everywhere I've lived in the last 25 plus years, which is something I think we all share too, uh, even with Trey taking crumb everywhere. We have that. So Brian, that's a great story. I am going to look up as, as we check and look up that. I think I remember that one, but I don't have a great memory of it. I do it's, remember uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of those mid '90s Star Wars statues, though I do remember. Yeah, and that makes sense of a little bit of uh, you know people were growing up who grew up with the original trilogy and wanting these things that looked really cool and really badass. And my yeah. lord, does that sound badass with the, the standing on the rebel helmet from the Tantive Four battle to just really drive it home of Vader celebrating after defeating those oh. poor rebels. Yeah, okay, sorry, I'm doing the look-see. Oh, God, I don't remember seeing this one at all. Yeah, it is one of those helmets. God, it's it's great. Okay. He's like, you broke like, me, I'm looking for it. Look, you got to look for it. Just type, uh, type Darth Vader statue, applause. And uh, it, he, it looks like he's also doing like some aerobics, like he's on a stepper. Like he's going up and a one and a two and a three and a four. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not even lightsaber out. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks like he's going to launch himself off that and like kick you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to do a high kick. Yeah. Like he's going to roll it back. Like this is soccer champion Vader and he's playing soccer with a rebel helmet. 
since the 1995 Applause Star Wars 11-inch Vader statue action figure number two. Number two. So, man, Brian's right there with his uh, memory on this. This is great. This is one of those. Yeah, it is. This is total mid-90s. This yeah. is. You were 10 when Return of the Jedi came out, and now you're 20 plus, and you designed something, like you said, Joseph, badass for the mid-90s. It maybe isn't perfectly in place with Star Wars. I'm thinking of that. I have it, but that kind of like mid nineties comic book Leia in the steel bikini figure that you're just like, all right, that was a different era. <laughs> <laughs> it really was the unleashed. Yes. The star Wars unleashed ones. Yes. Yeah. And like, I know we have some listeners who that unleashed that's that, that was their jam. That's so great. It, it Everything changes uh, for everybody over time. When you first see yeah. things, first meet things, but yeah. This is yeah. amazing. I love. I, he's got that big choking hand, you know, mm-hmm. going. You know what? I, when I see this, he, this is where my mind goes when I actually physically see it. Is I think for me, you know, Vader absolutely is in action in the original trilogy, and we get to see him do cool things and all that. But he, he you, he's somewhat reserved. Yeah. And then you know, for years and years and years, you see things like this of Vader in full action. Cause like he's on, this isn't just a pose. He's on the move. His cape is flailing behind him. Right. And it's images like this that I think why I got so obsessed with wanting that hallway scene in rogue one. And why I'm so Mm -hmm. happy with that, uh, that hallway scene in rogue one. Cause it is this imagination of Vader of like, what if he was like completely unleashed? Like he is in our, statues <laughs> yeah could we could we see the uh, you know the 1995 applause darth vader statue on screen and i think we did in rogue one absolutely it's it's weird you know you end up kind of rooting for vader uh and not anakin you root for vader sometimes which is kind of puts you in a weird spot but uh yeah no it, 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 and, and i you know much as you and i love prequels and revenge of the sith I, 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 I wanted to see, maybe that's where we would get it. Right. Like what a yeah. perfect scene. he's in the Vader costume and he's hacking people down and it didn't go. And which might've been part of uh, the original kind of my own kind of personal apprehension to just fully embracing revenge of the Sith back then. I was like, I wanted, I I mean, we got him. He marches in, he kills a kid, all those kind of talking points that are outplayed and, and, and uh, you know, just don't, don't hold water anymore for me. But yeah, that, that's the Rogue One thing. And it does. I think you're right. I think you could almost do a documentary on mid-90s Vader toys. <laughs> what it made us want out of Vader on film. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, for me, that Rogue One scene, I know we've talked about it a lot. And I think, you know, Vader has this fascination because he is this powerful, you know, dark side guy. And you could take that into some into some not great places if you really were like, yes, I think he's the hero. Uh, but I think you know, what Rogue One did for me, what that hallway scene did for me is he's terrifying. And we're seeing the panic and the bravery of the rebels trying to fight him. And it's just one of those like, this is what the story of Star Wars is, is Mm. when you unleash your hate, it is powerful. And to kind of see that legitimized, but also not uh, take away the perspective of the heroes who are like, even though He's coming and he is the worst thing imaginable. We're going to keep fighting for hope too. You know, it's got that balance to it. Oh yeah. It's uh, it makes me think of King Theoden uh, kind of at his lowest or, you know, what can we do? We get so much uh, hate. You know, what can we do right out with me? Um, it's there. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and it ties to that. It does kind of make the rebel uh, rebellion and the rebels um, 
even even more powerful, if that makes sense. If this yeah. is the monster they're fighting, and this is all they got to fight, hope. <laughs> That's the weapon they have. Yeah. It's a lesson. And when Leia's leaving and going like, yeah, no, uh, maybe maybe find that old Jedi. That, I, I think uh, I think Dad had a good plan. Yeah, I think I think we need some Jedi help. Yeah, and and to uh, Brian's great memory here again, you know, a a piece of Star Wars that it has value aesthetically all by itself, but tied to such great memories uh, mm-hmm. I, that getting a Star Wars gift every uh, Christmas and then having this one be the one that travels with you through all the years. Uh, I so relate to that. Uh, I've got some new figures on my desk, but I've had, I have, you know, my Yoda, my original Kenner Yoda. I have my Obi-Wan from Revenge of the Sith. And those are the the figures that have traveled with me all over the place, everywhere I've lived and been right next to me, uh, you know, helping me out as I go. So I really relate to having that one or two real symbols of your Star Wars love traveling right next to you. Yeah. Well said. That's, that's part of, part of our connections to it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you all for all of your uh, great points of view on collectibles. Like I said, we'll have another episode of collectibles to come. For now, Ken, where uh, can people find you and your other adventures? Yeah, please follow me at Kednapsock or go to Kednapsock.com for more information and all the things going on. And, and have something soon, hopefully going to announce soon, if uh, some more fun things we're working on with another project. Because why stop? Just add to your daily schedule. But some fun stuff coming. <laughs> that's right keep working ken build build lego build all the things uh for now you can find me on all the social medias at joseph scrimshaw you can check out my other podcast obsessed my comedy albums and all sorts of different stuff on my website at joseph you can of course like force center on facebook and follow us on twitter is at force center pod and check out our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center you can support our patreon by visiting patreon.com slash force center uh more fun stuff coming there as as always but for now thanks for listening and as obi-wan kenobi once said another happy land Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.